Jumbo. Jumbo. This is Alan Green. And Cheryl Green. And we have just had another amazing day. Unbelievable, really. Yeah, although I'm feeling a little guilty about how, how <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, although the pace, maybe too unbelievable. The pace yeah, has been I, so I fast. I would like some downtime. On the other hand, we're never going to be able to do this again. Yeah, you know, this is like a... a Once-in-a-lifetime experience. Let's go for it, and we'll relax a little bit. All. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we went for a safari walk this morning, a pre-dawn walk with a Maasai warrior uh, and also a guy who was a Maasai warrior and who became a Maasai elder just on June 24th. And his name's Malau. And um, I should mention we also had a guard with an elephant gun to come. Yeah, and the Maasai warrior had a a spear. Yeah, and his red garb. They said, uh, they call it the the spear of the Maasai (laughs) AK-47. And by the way, what the, what that red garb? They what reason they're wearing it is so that if they are attacked by a lion, they whip it off, roll it around their arms, stick their arm in the lion's mouth, and stab it in the heart with a spear. Not likely to happen, but oh. well, and particularly now, it's illegal to hunt lions. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> right. Uh, marvelous time with with Malau. He uh, he's, he grew up in a Maasai village close to here. And the, the Waddle and Dob tiny little hut with no electricity and the ancient, ancient, ancient worldview and traditions. Um, beautiful, but so different than ours. And then ended up going to college and getting a degree in wildlife management and in computer engineering and going to work for Buffalo Lodge versus a guide for several years and three years and then in management. But on his days off, he and his wife go back to the village, leave all Western stuff behind, and trade in cows and, and goats and sheep and live in the village in the old ways. So it's, it's living in both worlds simultaneously, which gives him this how they do it. great wisdom. Yeah. The elder ceremony that he said was pretty cool. When a, when a Messiah becomes an elder, up before that time, they are only allowed to eat meat that has never been seen by a woman. The warriors go out, they get the meat, they eat their part, which is the left rear quarter of the meat, and then they bring it back to the women. And once the women see it, then they're never allowed to eat any part of it again. So at this... And and interestingly, different parts of the community have parts of the meat that they they get. Right. The elders get the neck meat. and the, Right. Somebody gets the fat. The family gets the fat. Whoever owns that animal, whoever killed it or whoever owned it, if they grew it, gets the fat. fat and and the, there's different parts allocated to everybody yeah. in the community. It's communal living. Everybody shares. And you get a part if you own it or do it. And But the warriors get the left rear flank. Mm-hmm. And the women get the right rear flank. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, up until June 24th, this wonderful guy has never seen, never eaten meat that his wife has seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the ceremony, they do that. And the wife comes and feeds the warrior the meat. That's, that's the moment they become an elder, and the, one of the rulers of the village. But if the wife has ever had an affair... With someone who's younger than her With someone husband. who's younger than her husband, then... Did it, we ask one about it who was older than her husband? Yeah, we did. Okay. And they, but that, that wasn't a big deal. But if it, it, she's ever had an affair with someone younger than her husband, and the reason that's a big deal is because the the younger people are, well, I think it's sort of a big deal in our culture too when somebody has an affair with a younger person. <laughs> but anyway, 
it's all different. But um, <clears throat> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but if she's had an affair with somebody who's younger, then she's not allowed to feed him meat. In fact, if she feeds him meat at the ceremony, she will die. And so... Um, because she's hiding, lying about her. Right, exactly. And they believe this deeply. He believes this deeply. And if... Uh, but if she has had an affair, what she's supposed to do at, at the ceremony is run away and then go run to her family and confess what happened to her family and plead with them to give her a cow. And if they will give her a cow, then she gives the cow to her husband and they go and talk to the elders together mm -hmm. um, and hash everything out. And then he must forgive her. And the two of them never bring it up again. It's a non-issue going forward. And the Messiah really good at letting things go. It's the end of it. Um, but thankfully, she did give him meat. His two brothers were uh, also getting uh, elders, elders. Mm -hmm. that, that same day. And their wives did run away. But uh, so it's, it's a living, uh, living Christian. He was really glad that he got meat. Yeah. He's got 22 brothers and sisters from his father's three wives. It's a really interesting culture. Very rich, very communal. Forgiveness is a huge part of what they do. The the elders intervening and uh, helping them resolve conflicts is a huge part of what they do. But wow. Yeah, very intense culture. So, um, and, and one other little uh, side note is that when so elders is the third stage before that they become warriors to become a warrior what they had to do was become circumcised for him it was at age 15 um, without anesthesia and not just one cut they do nine separate cuts and if the boy cries or cries out or makes a facial expression then the father stabs him in the heart with a spear. Well, and that's not currently, but yes, it was at the time the that law. he right. It's, yeah. against, it's against the law now, but that's it's only been against the law for ten or twenty years. It, it was happening when he was uh, going through this. He said it had been twenty-two years since the father had killed his son. Ah, I hadn't heard, heard the year, yeah. but yeah, uh, but that's not that long ago. That that's unbelievable. Uh, and then they had to go out and kill a lion. Yeah, it was two stages. They had to be to be stoic and be able to accomplish something really dangerous. Mm -hmm. They don't kill lions anymore per the law, too. Right, right. Anyway, so on the walk, there are a couple of amazing things we learned. Malau knows so much about this area. In fact, as we were getting ready, he heard a couple of leopards mating and told us about that, and we started walking off through the woods. And um, just two of the many things I want to share with you. One of them is elephant dung. We came across some elephant dung. And yeah, elephant dung is really rich stuff. The elephants uh, eat how much of their body weight? Six percent of six their body weight. weight every day. So they eat for sixteen hours a day. Right, lots and lots and lots of yeah, stuff. Yeah, they spend most of their time eating, and they are destructive. They they push over trees to get to leaves, and in fact, that's how we find the elephants is looking for a freshly knocked over tree. Yeah, yeah. But they eat all the medicinal plants in the area, and so their dung has many powerful. And, and particularly, they're not good digesters. Right. So things come they just through. Come right on through. Yeah. So their dung looks like uh, straw. Yeah. Some poop around it. Looks like you're at the circus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, there are no more Barnum and Bailey's. Yay. Yay. So um, 
But it turns out elephant dung, they have learned, is a great treatment for asthma, especially childhood asthma. So you find some dried elephant dung. It has to be dry. But it has to be this year. But not too dry. Mm -hmm. And you collect it, and then you get the person with asthma under a blanket and then with some dung, and you light the dung on fire, and then you inhale the smoke for one minute every week, and it takes care of the asthma. I don't know what's in it that does it, but I kind of trust it. Typically, you don't think of smoke as helping asthma. Well, but a lot of the best treatments are inhaled, so it's likely either an anti-inflammatory or a bronchodilator. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm curious. I'd like to learn more about that. Um, There's so many of the remedies that were interesting. But the one that we should also talk about is... I don't know which one. The toothbrush. Oh, I love the toothbrush. I am hooked on this toothbrush. (laughs) Yeah. So there's this plant that... And this is cool because my dad used to do this. Uh, But there's a plant that... uh, A tree, and I can't pronounce the name of it. uh, Which is unfortunate. Did you write down the name? I recorded the name. Okay, good. Uh, But he... They took the machete and chopped a little bit off this plant, carve a little bit off the end, make a toothpick on the one end of the brush. But the other end, you chew on a little bit and it makes a brush that you do with your teeth. But... Oh, your teeth feel so clean. Well, no, your teeth look whiter. Yeah, no, it's great. So it... it and my teeth felt like I had just come from getting my teeth cleaned to the dentist and you know how the head helper just for a little bit, you have that like, like, super perfect teeth. It felt like that. Yeah. And, and, and he said that they've learned that it has antibacterial properties and whitening properties. And there's a lot of uh, trees you could make a toothbrush out of. But if an elder says, go make me a toothbrush, and you make something out of something different, they'll be upset at you. Yeah. And just looking around the village, because we went to Masai Village, just looking around the village, they had really white, beautiful teeth. But that leads us to the next thing. We went yes. to Masai Village today. <laughs> Yes, we walked. We walked part of the way, and then we got in a van, and we went the rest of the way. And uh, I don't know what to even say to describe that, but it's a it's a beautiful community. It's a beautiful community, but it's an other culture from us. Our our all modern cultures share a bunch of things in common. The sort of uh, a worldview that's similar, even if they're really different. Mm-hmm. And this is different from all of them. It is absolutely different from all of them. And one of the things that's so different is their diet. So their nutrition is milk uh-huh. with blood. Right, which they pour into a gourd. Uh, they call it colobus, but mm-hmm. it, they pour it in, shake it up, and make a drink of milk and blood. And I, I heard someone say there's also urine in it. I heard that too. But, they didn't mention that to us. Yeah, yeah. But we heard from an anthropologist. Uh-huh. So they shake they shake it up. So they eat they eat that and they eat meat, which is uh, a lot of goat and sheep and wild things that they've caught. Which is their currency too, goat and sheep. Yeah, and... uh-huh. But they do not eat vegetables. No, no vegetables. No vegetables. Uh, the the one thing is they do grow corn. Mm-hmm. and the ears of corn become porridge that they have for breakfast. They have right. porridge for breakfast right. and amaranth. Yeah. Um, but, and then the cows eat all the leftovers of that. Yep, yep, yep. But we asked them, uh, and, and Masai lived to be quite old. Yes. And we asked them what they typically, what are the causes of, typical causes of death? And they said, well, one of the major ones is that they go blind 
And then because the culture is so uh, based on movement that they often, a blind person will trip and fall and that is what causes their death. Right. And typically at an old age. Right. But it could even be their diet that causes that, that blindness. Oh, likely that it does. It's, yeah. it's a late blindness probably from not getting any vitamin A. But they still live to be 80 or 90 unless they're killed by an animal or an accident or infection yeah. in the short run. Yeah. Very wow. strong. They walk an average of, was it 20 to 30K a day? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Every they're day. Very mobile. Yeah. Gathering wood, gathering water, going to a neighboring village. Just the, the women walking. gather wood, gather water, yeah. and build the houses, design and build yep. the houses. As a group. As a group. Uh -huh. And then the guys go out and take care of the animals. Right. And then they also create stuff to sell for mm -hmm. people who are beautiful. Around. And the women do a lot of beading and beautiful mm -hmm. things with cloth. And the guys do all of the woodwork and carving um, as, as, a, as a joint effort between the, them. Yeah. So we went shopping at the Maasai Market. Yep. Yep. Uh, it was just an amazing. Oh, we also danced. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that was. Cheryl's a great Messiah yeah, dancer. Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> I've, I've got video. Hit me up. <laughs> it was a fabulous experience. It was. Mm -hmm. So, what's the word of the day? Ooh. We're, we're going out for a night safari tonight, but we're going to talk about that later probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we'll keep it a secret. Uh, well, so, so one of the words that we did learn yesterday that we didn't share. Oh, yeah. A very good word. Sawasawa. Uh, Sawasawa. Which kind of means, okay, okay, I'm ready. It means, yeah. Okay, let's go. It's mostly, I'm ready. It's, it's, um. So when you're, when you're in a safari, the driver will say, you know, everybody inside, everybody ready, everybody's, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and sawa sawa means, yeah. Yeah, we're good. We're ready. good to go. We're good. good. We're good to go. Good to go. Sawa sawa. Good to go. Sawa sawa. <laughs>